<sighs> Matt Paulson. Ronnie. What's going on, brother? Appreciate you coming by. It's right across the street. I feel like I should have been here like a year ago. Well, you should have, and I should have invited you a year ago. Yeah. Um, but we had to get our stuff ready before we got to. No, it's a great studio. Appreciate it. Speaking of spaces, you just talked about your office. Your office is one of the better offices in the city. One of the better ones or the best one? Well, I'm not going to argue with you there. I'm not in a position <laughs> to say it's not the best, but. It's up there. Yeah. Just for the other people that I'm probably offended by saying it's the best. Mm. And no, it's definitely up there. I love it. I love the mural. I yep. love. For those who haven't seen it, I'm not necessarily inviting you to go to the Market Beat offices. <laughs> you can always look through the window. We don't care. Yeah, so look through the window. Yeah. Um, uh, what building is that in? It's in a crane building on 8th, so right next to Queen City Bakery. You park in your back lot. You can see our, our neon sign kind of through the window, and that's the office. Yes, and we are in 8th and Railroad um, across the street. Part of this whole downtown thing that's happening, which is I'm, I'm super excited about. I got some mm -hmm. Queen City right here. Make sure you guys... Um, uh, uh, go represent uh, Queen City, Mitch, over there. So, Matt, I, I'm so excited to have you, man, because there's a lot of things that I want to talk to you about. Sure. Um, uh, one is the generous gift that you gave us to help us mm -hmm. um, uh, promote and develop leaders, mm -hmm. but we'll save that for a little bit. I want to start with you. First of all, what's a market beat? What is market beat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, market beat is a financial new or financial media and marketing company is what we're calling it now but it's basically a website and a newsletter that has information about the stock market and pretty much everybody that invests in individual stocks knows about it now so we've done a great job of, of getting it well known in our industry and it's i mean it's not a household name in sioux falls but i think if you were to talk to um people that are in their 50s and 60s and 70s have some money invest in stocks like Market beat is a known quantity to those people. Well, the, you, you make an interesting point there, and I, let, let's just touch on that, is when you have businesses that don't necessarily have to be known where you live. Yeah. You know that your business is known where it needs to be known. Mm -hmm. And tell us about that whole piece of it, because sometimes that could be weird when you walk into a place and no one necessarily knows what the business is, but yep. it's going where it's supposed to go? Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, if you look at like any of the traffic numbers or website numbers or email list numbers, like we are bigger than Kello by a couple, few times over um, in terms of website traffic. Uh, but a lot of people in Sioux Falls don't know about MarketBeat and that's okay. Like everybody knows Matt because right. I'm, I'm everywhere, right? But people are like, what's MarketBeat? What does MarketBeat do? Like I get that question multiple <laughs> times a day. Every day and like, oh, I've heard of Market Beat. Is is that a marketing company? Is that you know? Yeah. And like, whatever, that's fine. Like, but they don't need to know what Market Beat is because they're not in like Market Beat's target kind of market. Yeah. And that's okay. That's a big thing. Sometimes, for instance, we have people call us every so often uh, interested in three D printing. Oh. <laughs> we don't actually. That'd be a good affiliate relationship to set up. I was just talking to somebody uh, that that was referring was going to refer us to a 3D printing um, a person in, in Rapid. I was like, I would love to send somebody business yeah, because we're collecting a lot of it. But but how do you get to, to Market Beat, though? Where, where, tell us on that journey, because that seems like an interesting thing to get into. Yeah, it, uh, it was a journey. I mean, it's 15 years of, of pivots and iterations and, and learning. Uh, I really started the business kind of down this path December 26th of 2006. I was, uh, I think, a junior in college, maybe a sophomore. Yeah. And I would have been a junior, um, you know, looking to make some money on the internet. Had a crap job at McDonald's um, in Madison, South Dakota. 
and you know, just wanted something more. I felt like I had the skill to do it. So the first kind of thing was doing freelance writing uh, for different websites online, knew how to write, had that skill. I was getting paid like 15 bucks an article, just would pound through four mm. or five a day. Then I realized like, oh, these people are just putting these articles I'm writing on random blogs and they must be making money doing that. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I can make my own blog and kind of mm. cut them out of that process. So made a little personal finance blog on Blogspot called Getting Green and wrote personal finance articles because I was doing a Dave Ramsey thing, getting out of debt, mm. and trying to graduate college debt-free, which, which I did, and it was great. And then I thought, oh, uh, this one personal finance blog's doing okay. What if I had five of them? And I found some freelance writers and started four more of them that were practically copies of the first one. And that, uh, that kind of grew to be about a hundred grand a year business. And that worked really well until about 2011. Google made some algorithm changes. They thought, hey, there are a bunch of crappy personal finance websites out there. And <laughs> let's be honest, those sites that I had weren't that fantastic. And uh, we got penalized with a whole bunch of other sites. So that kind of gave me um, the opportunity to like, re like reconsider like, okay, what's, what's the next iteration of this? Yeah. And I thought, you know, okay, what out of all this stuff that's kind of around in my internet business portfolio, what's working? And the stuff that was doing really well was tied to investing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had a website called American Banking and Market News. It's, it's still up on the internet. Um, but when we would write about a publicly traded company and kind of use their stock ticker in your article, like that, those, those articles would just get a ton of traffic. Yeah. And the reason they would was because Google has a tab called Finance. You can type in any company in there, and our articles would kind of show up in, in that, those company pages. Yeah. So you search for Wells Fargo on Google Finance back in the day. They had this big Wells Fargo page, and there our articles were in a sidebar, and they'd send us people. It's like, oh, this works pretty well. Let's, let's write a whole bunch of articles about publicly traded companies. And you know, the business you know, doubled uh, kind of in, in the year after doing that, and we got it to about a quarter million a year. And I thought, you know, this is, this is cool, but like, I've been down this road. I don't want to be reliant on Google just sending me people and getting ad clicks. Like I know where that's going to end. Mm. So I thought, okay, we need to capture some of these people that led to the email list, led to a newsletter that eventually led to us making kind of premium research tools for investors. Uh, the business had a different name early on. Um, first, like the investing stuff was called American Banking and Market News. And then it had a terrible name, which was Analyst Ratings Network. <laughs> and the only reason it had that name was most of our coverage was about stock analyst ratings. And in 2015, uh, we got the market beat name, steal on a domain name, $9,500. Oh, wow. I mean, it, it'd be a million-dollar domain today. So we, I just got super lucky on that. I had the market beat domain since 2015, and we've really just been kind of scaling it over the last five years. Our um, business model hasn't changed we're up to nine employees. We're going to hire a few more in the next 30 days. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really scaled. We have 2.17 million people on email list, 20 million people on a website every month. And, Oof. you know, we're just trying to be the best place to look up information about stocks there is. And we keep trying to get a little bit better at it every day. I love it. First of all, that cut that. That's a master class for somebody, mm -hmm. right? If they just listen to that, that there's so much in that. One thing that really stuck out to me while you were talking there was you said opportunity. When you first got slapped by Google mm -hmm. and they first basically killed your websites, mm -hmm. most people would have been done. They yeah. would have said, look what Google did to me. Mm -hmm. And you saw that as an opportunity. Yeah. Why? And, and, and what, what about you 
made that an opportunity versus the death nail of yeah. your business. I mean, it was a bad day. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> right. like I knew there were still people doing what I wanted to do that were making money on the Internet. There were just fewer of them. Yeah. So it's like my first thought is, OK, the cheese has moved. Where is the cheese now? Mm. You know, what are the people that have kind of gotten through this? What are they doing that I'm not? And what are those opportunities that like not everybody is looking for? Because, yeah. you know, most people that do SEO, like I need to rank number one for my keyword in the main search thing, but they don't realize like there's all these other tabs at the top. There's images, there's video, there's news, there's books, yeah. there's finance. And like we kind of dominated the finance section for years. Like we were as many as 30% of the, the news results on those company pages just because we had it just dialed in so well on how to rank for those. So like we were basically a third of a tab of Google of Google for a long time. Man. Well, I, I, first of all, that's a t-shirt. Where's the cheese? Like, the cheese moves. <laughs> Where's the cheese? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's just the thing. We're like, stuff moves. The idea that people think about business or anything that they're pursuing as like, um, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. It's just like an absurd notion to me. It's just, you just thought like this thing was just going to stay that way for you forever. And I think a lot of times some people have the idea of winning by default. Like they want to win because they're the only people doing the thing. Yeah, <laughs> It's just not reality. Tell us about that, 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 that piece where you twist and you turn and you figure things out. You don't get bogged down in the fact that, you know, life didn't do you right. Yeah, I think there's, there's something to pull out of there. Um, and, and maybe not really the last, like, the winning by default thing, I feel like, is, is how it tends to be a loser's proposition. Because mm-hmm. if, if your idea was really good and no, like somebody would be doing it, like, right. there's no new ideas under the sun. Like, if you are the only like saltwater aquarium person in town, it's probably because not that many people want saltwater aquariums. <laughs> right. Uh, we want a saltwater aquarium, we're gonna get one. Um, but like, there's probably just not that demand there. Right. But if there are a thousand realtors in town, which I think they're pretty close to a thousand, maybe 700, like, yeah. Some of those people are, are doing pretty well. So that tells you, like, if a lot of people are doing it, there's a market there. Like, right. We have a ton of competitors. You know, Yahoo Finance, Google Finance, Market Watch, Wall Street Journal, CNBC, like, huge list of people. And, like, we have people that copy stuff on our website all the time that are competitors, and that's okay. But, you know, there's 60, 70 million Americans that own individual stocks. So, like, we need, if you want to get build a big business, you need a big market. And then, like, you just have to do better than your competitors. That's so big. Because I don't think people realize that, like, you're banging with mm-hmm. CNBC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bloomberg. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're banging against mom and pops. Like, sure. you're in there with, you're in shark-infested waters. You're in there with, with the big boys and girls. Yeah, no, it's it's a thing. Like, if yeah, like Yahoo Finance is probably seven times bigger than we are. But it just gives us something to shoot for. Like, we know we haven't hit a ceiling. Like, we can keep growing, keep improving. And, yeah, like, they're going to do what they're going to do. And we're going to do what we're going to do. And we're going to just try our worker butts off to kind of do something something that they don't do. That's awesome. Well, obviously, you were successful in that. You've grown. You've done all of these things. You were able to uh, amass some wealth. And that brings us to, like, the next chapter, which is your place in the community. Yeah. With the philanthropy and the different things that you do. And I really wanted to talk to you about this because in the world of Matt Paulson, is a lot of different reads on you. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they just see money. And 
Mm-hmm. And the story that they think is just like, I don't know, you just fell out of the sky with money. I don't think people really understand that you were at McDonald's and you had this job and you were in school and you built this and you mm-hmm. put this together and you amassed this money. And so when you get money like that, after you've done all of that work, yeah. after you figured it out, it's really easy to go na 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 But you spend a lot of time and energy in the community, giving to the community, not just financially, but in your expertise and your knowledge and all of those type of things. Sure. Let's just talk first about just the perception of who people think Matt is in terms of how you interact with the community. Where do you, what is your perception of others' perception? Um, you know, I, I think I, I think it depends on who you ask. There <laughs> are people that love everything I do. There are people that think I'm a phony yeah. and kind of everything in between. Like, and you know, it, I feel like if you are kind of a well-known name in a the community, there are going to be people that kind of take some of their own feelings and maybe insecurities and kind of use that to project, mm-hmm. project them, you know, their feelings onto you. And like, it's not anything you did. Um, but if I'm not feeling successful and I don't want other people to be successful, like you know, try to pull them down one way or the other. And that, mm. that's a thing even in Sioux Falls. Like I've experienced that. There are people I've had to block on Facebook because it's just talking crap about you all the time. And it's like, mm. well, that's, you know, I don't need to expose myself to that. Yeah. But, th- but that's a mature mindset. Like uh, there's a lot of people out there, who don't get in the game, who don't expose themselves because of that. And one of the things that I personally feel called to, to challenge mm-hmm. is anonymous giving, mm-hmm. right? Um, in our culture, you know, it's like we give, like, don't tell anybody I gave it, right? And I understand that sentiment mm-hmm. that you, you want it to be about the gift and you want it to be about the people versus you. Mm-hmm. But there's also a side of it where a lot of people don't give it because it exposes them to a lot of things. And once you yeah. become a money bag, then mm-hmm. you do that and or people just attack you or come at you. And I want to challenge that because I think it's so important to know who's giving mm-hmm. and to understand the type of people uh, that give to so many things and why they give to so many things. Mm-hmm. So it's important to know that people are giving. Yeah. So tell me about that piece of it. That's something I struggle with uh, for a long time. You know, I, I'm a Christian, and one of the things that the Bible says about giving is, like, to not let, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And to me, that meant, like, all giving should be anonymous um, mm-hmm. initially. Um, but then some opportunities, like, really kind of came up where, like, you know, if I put my name and my brand behind it, it will actually help the cause even more. And that's kind of that's kind of the tension I deal with. Like, you know, a lot of my gifts are still anonymous. Some of them are not. and you know, I'm willing to lend my name out when I feel like it will gen- genuinely help the cause. Mm-hmm. Or like some people will say, you know, you don't need to advertise the fact that I wrote a check. But if mm-hmm. you're talking to talking to a bank and they say, who else gave you money? You know, feel free to say Matt gave me money because that will yeah. that will help them get money from other people. That's such a big thing. That's such a big thing. And, and I guess that's my point. A lot of times people only mm-hmm. or people believe that money is the only currency, mm-hmm. but it's not. No, this. For me, I'm a person who deals heavily in social currency. Yeah. Social currency is a powerful thing. Media currency is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Marketing currency is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And so when you are able to lend those different things, you take a $5,000 gift mm-hmm. and it's really a $30,000 gift because they couldn't pay for that marketing. They wouldn't be able to get the media. They wouldn't be able to get mm-hmm. that social engagement. And no one really is super excited about being the first giver. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there aren't very many giving venture capitalists that want to be the person that, like, writes the first check. Right. Because, I mean, there's a lot of nonprofits in Sioux Falls. And, uh, 
you know, I don't know how many people think we need that many new ones. Right. Um, you know, there's really a vibe to like for collaboration and, um, you know, really some not duplication of services among nonprofits. Yeah. So like if you're a new nonprofit that is doing something different, like it can be hard to get that early support because there's a lot of nonprofits already asking for money. People already support other nonprofits. And yeah. To, you know, add something new to the list like that's that can be a, you know, a tough ask for. Some Don't people. I know it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, for us, um, because you're you're raising a fund, right? Yeah. So and and really the fund came because, um, and we don't necessarily think of it so much as a fund in the, in the in the in the endowment sense. Yeah. It was more that. When we develop Leaders of Tomorrow, which is our leader, uh, leadership development program that we wanted to, to have for the community, mm -hmm. partly because we're a for-profit business. Mm -hmm. And we feel like what we have to offer in terms of leadership development and culture is top tier. We really believe that. We work mm -hmm. hard for that to be the case. We work with major organizations in this community. Mm -hmm. But we did not want what we were giving to people that we thought were so important just to people who could, quote, unquote, afford it. Mm -hmm. or just those people who are at a higher level. And one of the things that we always felt, um, I'm a I'm a habitual board member, so I'm on seven boards. I've been on three for 20 years at least. And so I've seen the way a lot of nonprofits run. Yeah, you, you get a lot of board members from the same places. and Right. And there's so much opportunity for them to be better. But what, yeah. would, but, but what was the most frustrating for me about all of it was is that a lot of people who give money, number one, they give money, for the result, not necessarily the process. Mm -hmm. So I saw there was a huge issue because we weren't necessarily taking care of the people who were taking care of the people. Mm -hmm. There wasn't necessarily money being given for people to retreat or for people to get training or people to be developed. And you need that to have a, a, a properly running organization that could really take advantage of things. Mm -hmm. The other thing that was really a challenge for me was is um, when when people give to these organizations because we want to be such good stewards of the money, mm -hmm. a lot of the times we give the least of us, the least of us. Mm -hmm. And so somebody gets the quote unquote cheapest training, but these people who don't have other resources need the best training. Yeah. Cause when you don't have a bunch of money, you need to have a bunch of skill. Yep. And so how do we get for profit quality mm -hmm. to nonprofit businesses? Well, that means, we have to be okay with taking a little bit less. And then in some cases, we got to be okay with people giving a little bit more. Mm -hmm. For us, we just said, for proof of concept to show it, we'll raise the money too. Yep. But that's a heavy that's a heavy burden when you run a business. Mm -hmm. And so uh, our friends at the Sioux Falls Area Community Foundation, they said, hey, why don't we find a place for you to be able to raise money mm -hmm. all year round in bigger gifts? Because for a for-profit business, we couldn't really be handling it. Yeah. We were dealing with... Um, fiscal sponsors and the, it was just really messy and it was just the burden was uh, to be perfectly honest the burden was unfair to us sure and so they helped us out to be able to do this and and so we were able to ask folks who we knew believed in leadership who knew, who we knew believed in culture mm -hmm. to to invest in this you as a person in in, in market beat was good enough to give a gift of twenty five thousand mm -hmm. dollars which is so big because to, to put a fine point on it for people for somebody to go through this 12-week program, which for some people have changed their lives, we had um, after this cohort, we will have had 130 people through this program with the goal of reaching 500 by 2025. Mm -hmm. Each of those people is $1,000 essentially to go through this program. Mm -hmm. It really is probably more than that. But So your gift 
accounts for 25 humans. We don't even think about it as dollars anymore. We never really have. Yeah. 25 human beings mm-hmm. are going to get access to this leadership so that they can go build their business or they can go be in a nonprofit or mm-hmm. give back to their organization. And that's such a big deal. So what drives you to do those type of things? Well, so I look at, you know, what our demographics in our school districts are now. You know, 40% of the kids are, are non-white. Mm. And when I look at nonprofit boards, I look at the business community, I don't see 40% non-white, and that's that's kind of disappointing to me. Um, I, I feel like we've got a lot of quality you know, people are in our community of every shape, size, color, and whatever. And I, I do feel like it is kind of the, the haves and the have-nots in a way. You know, the mayor talks about, you know, Sioux Falls being a tale of two cities where some people have it going great and other people just really need a hand up. And, um, you know, I I don't want to be the guy that's doing nothing about it, like sitting, living on the south side of town, hanging out with my friends uh, at Looks or wherever and, you know, not really exposing myself to, you know, there is – there are a lot of people in Sioux Falls that like I might not normally interact with, but you know, if there are young, hungry leaders that want training and, you know, want to volunteer and want to give back, we, we need to give them the opportunities to. And, you know, like I'm in leadership Sioux Falls and there are a lot of people that, you know, come from institutions you would expect, age ranges you would expect, mm-hmm. ethnicities you would expect. Like I, I I would love to see more diversity there, but it's just, it's not there right now. Yeah. So when you came along and, you know, did, did this thing, it's like, that's that's something I want to be a part of because it's important to train everybody, not just the people that you would expect to get some leadership training. That's so big. That's so big because, right, from our side of it, we're saying when you want to fill a board position or you want to grab a leader, I don't want you just walking out to the street and be like, hey, person of color, come here and sit yeah. in this thing. We want to have people who have you know, skills and and training and and are able to be successful. They're being set up to actually win. The other thing that we're really proud about uh, with the Bridging the Gap Fund, which is kind of what this all flows through, um, is all seven of the members of the steering committee that determine what happened to the funds. People may not realize this, but when we go to do a leadership program, Mm -hmm. we apply (laughs) to the fund we raise the money for. Because all seven of the people who run the steering committee who determine what happened with the dollars are graduates of the program. Cool. And the point is for them, it's theirs. And they need to protect the program. They need to be good stewards of it. And they need to really take care of it, even if they're protecting it from us. Mm -hmm. Even if they think we're not serving the mission anymore, we're not doing anything anymore, they get to to decide that. They get to decide that. Good. And for for me, I think that's important, that it's, Mm -hmm. it's really, really theirs and to give them an opportunity to lead. So... We, we really appreciate you for that. And just bringing it back to the overall perception, I, I, I think it's important to people to understand what a community would look like without Met Pulses. You know, because mm-hmm. I think sometimes people get caught up in the thing where right now it's a tough time to be a leader. And when you're a leader, particularly when you have a leader that has some, some money, mm-hmm. it's easy just to take shots at people as if you're not a human or don't have feelings or yeah. don't have, you know, days or families or whatever. And you're just a person. You're a personality. Mm-hmm. People can just shoot at it all day. I just really desperately want people to understand, like, you know, th- though you should hold people accountable, though you should challenge people, though you should do all of those type of things, um, mm-hmm. you don't want a community without Matt Polson in it. I, w- I would hope not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just really don't. <laughs> well, I think most people appreciate that. Sure. But for the few that don't, I just want to draw that point on. No, I mean, there. I definitely have had shots taken at me for what people think I represent. Like they, they think I represent like an elite business class of power <laughs> that's kind of trying to keep power for themselves and 
not raise anybody else up and like but people people don't realize like I grew up in a 1200 square foot home in Mitchell South Dakota like we weren't like poor poor but like we weren't wealthy right uh I had to work my way through college yeah I you work your butt off for 20 years and you can be successful yeah like you said you did the Dave Ramsey thing yeah there's not a whole lot of juniors no (laughs) that are trying to do Dave Ramsey Sure. You know what I mean? Like that that's an atypical thing. And so you got an atypical result. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's what we want to share mm-hmm. with people. And especially for, you know, for our leaders is to be able to say, yeah, if you want something a little yeah. different, you got to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature of the beast. Where do you want all of this to go, though? Where do you where 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 what is the vision that that uh, Matt is casting? You know, I, I, I think one of the challenges that I'm trying to solve is. When I, when I look at the boards that I serve on and the boards that I get asked to serve on, um, I, don't, I just don't think it's reflective of our community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want that to be reflective of our community. And I think part of the problem is not that, you know, people want to only have specific types of people on the board. It's just it's hard to think of, like, people, like, who, who the obvious choices are. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're on, like, eight boards because people think of you all the time. Damien, probably the same thing. But, yeah. like, we need, like... 50 more Vonnie's and 50 more Tamians like, yeah. in our community that are actively leading, you know, nonprofit organizations and, you know, ha- have really earned the respect and um, trust of, of the entire business community. Like we need way more people like you out there. Yeah. And that that's that's the thought process for us. It's like, how do we build those folks? Mm-hmm. And for me, one thing I love about you is you are solution oriented. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how do we do the thing? Yeah. You don't get caught up in the emotions of the thing a whole lot. Sure. It's just like, how do we do the thing? Yeah. That's my, how do we do the thing? And 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 I want to speak to this because this is one thing that I'm really excited about mm-hmm. is I think our time is kind of right now. And I think the culture that we're having with some of the young leaders is mm-hmm. different. I think it's really different. Um, I think about our networks. I think there's a lot of awesome people out there. Specifically right now, I'm thinking about a lot of folks from like the Hey Falls situation, our mm-hmm. entrepreneurial community that are getting there. I think about Mitch over there at Queen City. I think about, you know, uh, 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 John Meyer, and I think about mm-hmm. all of those type of folks. And I just feel like we're just in such a good place. And I feel like there's a good environment right yeah. now for people trying to figure things out. Talk about that. I feel like something's changed. Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like the way to kind of climb through the maybe economic, business, social ladder in Sioux Falls, it used to be get a job at a big kind of company, like any of the big name companies in town, bank, mm-hmm. healthcare, whatever, and uh, really just kind of work your way up into a management position and hopefully that they train you along the way. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, I think that's changing. I think it's, I think kind of the training and the mentoring and the kind of growth is, is happening more and more outside of the big institutions. Yeah. And that gives an opportunity for the John Myers and the Eddie Graham Kramers and the Vonnies and mm-hmm. the Mats of the world to, to really do something that, that we might not have had the opportunity to do 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, and it feels better. It just, I, I just, it just feels better to me. Like I don't feel like I'm in a rat race. Yeah, you know, I don't feel like I'm competing against everybody around. I think about uh, our kind of marketing folks. You know, um, your Natalie uh, Eisenberg's, your, your Mike Hart's, and all those mm-hmm. type of folks, and how well they connect. I think about. Uh, our banking industry, your Tony Norris and your Jason Harbos yeah. and 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 uh, your, your your Derek Omis, those people that that get along and connect and work mm-hmm. together, and it just doesn't feel heavy anymore. It doesn't feel like we're working against each other. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it feels like you know, it, you know, those group of, of names specifically, like everybody's trying to make the community better, 
Yeah. And they're going like, no, nobody has to own anything, right? It's who's got the best idea. Let, let's see how we can make that best idea happen. And it's so it's just so much better. Oh yeah, it's just so much better than just going back and forth and be like, nah, I need to own this idea. Best idea wins. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not like I feel like there there's less and like fewer and fewer castles where people are trying to defend their turf and yeah their influence and kind of be the, be the guy or the gal in town who is like the person. Yeah, it's us, and that's how yeah. that's what I think is best for a com- that's real community. Yes. Um, and I think just in the last however many years, I think. We've gotten so many things done, and I'm so excited for what we're going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, before we were kicking this off, we were talking about taking our health more seriously, mm-hmm. me in particular, you know. And, and one of the things is is that I really want to be around to see some of this work finished. Yeah. You know, not not that all of it will be ever finished, mm-hmm. so to speak, but, like, I, I, I want to see it done and what this community could be. Because when you think about right now, we have, you know, what, 30-some acres in the downtown region that is being developed yeah. into things. You know, we have new businesses and businesses that are that are growing into those, you know, kind of larger, more dynamic businesses that are reaching out into the nation or even globally. And mm-hmm. we're not limiting ourselves to, oh, we're in the Midwest and everything else is for the coast or whatever. That mm-hmm. attitude is changing. Arts and culture is changing. The Levitt being there to be able to have music yeah. and those type of things. Um, I'm so pumped for us. I feel like for a long time, Sioux Falls is like, has kind of accepted its role as like a second class community. It's like, yeah. okay, we're not Minneapolis, we're not wherever. Like, we, let's just do something that's you know good for kind of the Sioux Falls level. And I think one of the things that you know I, I got from Mitch Jackson is like, we need to like stop thinking like that and let's like let's not say, oh, this is good for Sioux Falls. We should just do something that's good. Period. Anywhere. Yes, let's be great. Yes, let's be great. I love it. On that note, let's 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 land a plane on that. Um, let me say this for you. So, uh, I, I, first of all, I really appreciate you coming on here and I really appreciate the the gift that you gave. Um, the value that, that you provide to the community is, is significant and Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. But, but, but I, and I mean that aside from the money, like you being willing to, because people don't think about how much you counsel people, how much you mentor people, how much people reach out to you for these type of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I hope that this gave people a little bit more of a glimpse into all of the things you do outside of just money. Yeah. I, I think one of maybe maybe one of my newer goals mm-hmm. is to change how people think about philanthropy in our community. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we think of, of a Danny Sanford, mm-hmm. you know, people that made money in business and now are giving it away and they just kind of money bags to hit and hopefully something falls out. <laughs> um you know, I I want philanthropy to be more genuine, more creative, more hands-on. Uh, we're going to be doing a project with Remedy Brewing uh, downstairs in May. And the whole idea, uh, we're going to have a beer. And for every beer they sell, we're going to donate some money to a couple of scrappy animal shelters in town. And in doing that, it's it just involves a whole lot more people in the process. It helps Remedy think about how to support nonprofits. Everybody that, you know, drinks one of those beers will kind of... Um, you know, learn about the nonprofits that they're supporting indirectly. And like, I, I want to see more projects like that happen in Sioux Falls and not just market be doing it all the time. I want to see everybody be that creative. Yes. I love it. Also quick shout out with the $31,000 you helped raise with burger battle. Um, obviously me being on the board for DTSF one of the seven, mm-hmm. that is a big thing that's near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And 
actually, I just want to quick talk on that because that I think is is a prime example of what could happen. So when it first started out, you were working uh, with Chef Lance, yeah, on, on Phillips, and, and you had the idea. I'm going to donate a. Do- I don't want to misrepresent the story to so correct anything that I say in this off. I want to donate a dollar for every burger that you sell. Alarms went off. People were like, but what about everyone else? Yeah. And instead of being defensive, nah, 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 nope, I'm not good. I'm taking my ball and go home. Yeah. You said a dollar for every burger that gets sold. $31,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just talk about that real quick. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a challenge. People thought we were trying to buy votes and mm-hmm. trying to, trying to rig the system and like, you know, there was nobody stopping anybody else from tying their <laughs> burger to a nonprofit right. or, um, uh, so we, I mean, part part of it was like upfront. We didn't really want to say anything to DTSF because we yeah. didn't want, want it to shut get shut down before <laughs> right, we even right, started. Right. So like, it's like surprise, there's a Markaby Burger, <laughs> and uh, you know we, we did get some feedback early on, and like there are like some hate kind of hateful comments on mm-hmm. Reddit and just talking crap about the burger mm-hmm. and about the restaurant, about me and how I'm creepy mm-hmm. or whatever, and and like you know I, I can ignore that, but then like some of the other restaurants said, hey, this is this is not cool. Yeah. They're like, okay, let's let's get a solution so it was like this new year's eve i was on on the zoom call with the dtsf people and like all right how can we fix this and make this better and my thought is always like if people are accusing you of being greedy like the way to kind of turn it around is to be more generous yeah uh so i thought okay like you know we were planning on making a ten thousand dollar donation kind of all in it was going to be five grand up front and five grand if chef lance won it's like well what if we do it in a way that we're it lifts up every restaurant, and then nobody could question the motive. Yes. And we wrote a check for thirty-one grand to Call to Freedom. They're going to use it to build a project called Marissa's House. It's a place for, uh, uh, you know, women that have been uh, victimized by you know human trafficking, sex trafficking. A kind of a safe place for them to live. Great use of charitable money, and hopefully that you know that project created awareness for Call to Freedom and for that project. And. You know, happy, happy to write that check. I'll write that check every day. I think, ah, oh, man, I think you did. But, but the, and the lesson I want people to get is, is like, it wasn't a straight line to it. No. There was friction. There was whatever. There was da-da-da-da. It was zigging and zagging. But we came to this place that was great because you stayed in it. You know what I mean? Because yep. you didn't take your ball and go home because mm-hmm. you just weren't frustrated or whatever. And because you had the courage in the, in the, in the skin to stand up to some of that stuff and did the right thing. So um, shout out to Carter Freedom, by the way. You know, that's a, uh, um, you know, a great cause to put money to. And, and I'm so glad that it's going to a project that's going to directly support people who are mm-hmm. suffering the ills of human trafficking, which is something we all need to be working to stop. So Amen. I appreciate you so much. And on that, we're going to shut it down. I know you're busy, man. You got things to do. Thank you all so much. Make sure you all like and subscribe um, and stay tuned with everything that we got going. I appreciate you for coming. man. Thank you, Vani. Appreciate you.